Welcome to Commodity Conversations, brought to you from the team at Mercado. I'm Robert Herman. Regular Mercado followers will know that generally we stick to commodity markets, but we're going to be specifically aiming to provide some information relating to the direct impacts that may eventuate for those living in regional and rural Australia. In recent days, I've observed, like many, the virulent nature of COVID-19 by virtue of the reports of the rapid spread in other countries. I've also been concerned that in my discussions with our farmer clients, there doesn't seem to be the same urgency that we see in, uh, in the cities. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my observation. So this, to discuss the risk to regional and rural Australia and how we should be preparing, I've asked David Deutscher to join me. David is based in Ballarat. He was a senior surgeon at Ballarat Base Hospital and St John's Private Hospital. He's currently chair of the committee for Ballarat and is heavily involved in the health service of Western Victoria in the role of clinical director for Grampians Integrated Cancer Service. He also has spent a lot of time working with students, both uh, doctors and nurses, and helping them come to terms with providing medical services for regional Victoria. Welcome to Mercado, Co- Mercado Commodity Conversations, David. David, we're just seeing the beginning of reported COVID-19 cases in regional Australia. Can I start by asking how this virus may play out, specifically in rural areas? Are these areas more or less at risk than the wider community because of our increased isolation? Thanks, Rob. It's a pleasure to be be able to join with you. I, like you, I have a great respect for your farming community and I might just start with a little story. During my training, I had the opportunity to work in Horsham and one particular memorable night, a farmer came in and had what turned out to be a burst ulcer and he was in a hell of a lot of pain, pale, sweaty. Anyway, we fixed that for him and the next day he said to me, geez, Doc, that was sore last night. Now, when can I get out and put my crop in? <laughs> I could have hugged him. And I've, I have family who have been involved with the farming uh, endeavours and I have great respect for the community that you serve and I'm thrilled that you're aiming to provide a little bit more information for the farmers who are, are a resilient and tough lot of people. And most of the time, of course, that toughness and resilience is admirable. But as you've already hinted at, sometimes taking too much on their own shoulders and perhaps not being really aware of the issues, she'll be right, mate, and not taking a perceived threat seriously can be potentially damaging. So as we discussed prior to recording this interview, much of the information that we'll talk about today is readily available on the 1800 number and all the, the podcasts and radio programs are there. But tonight it's really about reiterating those issues and trying to draw our friends on the farms to, to take this episode really seriously. So you, with all of that, you'll have to repeat the question. <laughs> well, I think no. I think you've 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 introduced yourself really well, and and the important point about tonight, as you say, is not to reinvent the wheel or anything, but it's to talk about this situation with the experience we have, both of us have, in dealing with people in regional and rural Australia, and especially farmers. And we hear about this social distancing and, and, the, and the things that the government said. How, how important is that, David, to the people out in the regional communities? Because farmers, by and large, aren't really huggers. 
you know, I know you and I like to do a bit of a hug occasionally, David, but by and large farmers aren't really huggers, but they do have a lot of interactions if you start to add it up during the day, during the week. Robert, it's, it's crucial. It's just as crucial for the farming com- and rural com- communities as it is for the city communities. Again, we talk about flattening the world. Well, it's been spoken about flattening the curve. And the curve in the regional areas may be a little flatter than it is in the city. But it's still important to keep that curve flat and to minimise our social interactions. As we've mentioned, oftentimes for a farmer to be able to see a mate, a colleague, a friend in the city or on the farm, you're going to spend a fair bit of time having a good old yak, having a good old chat, and it will be up close and personal mm. and, in your, and in your face, literally and figuratively. And whilst the opportunity for that mightn't be as great as it is for the city folk, it, that still creates an opportunity for a virus to spread. Now you might say, well, where did the virus come from? Well, and, and that this is mainly happens within the cities. Well, as we well know, it, it's the whole virus started in China. How did it get to Australia? Because we travel a hell of a lot more. And there is much more traffic up and down the highways into our rural communities. So it may be the kids from boarding school coming back home because the schools have closed. It may be the city folk coming to buy material in, our, in the regional supermarkets because they run out in the cities. It may be simply kids from university coming back home. It may be that the kids will lose their jobs and need to come back home. It may be friends and relatives. So the opportunity for that social interaction will be much greater. So we need to be primed and aware that we need to keep our 1.5 metres, not shake our hands, greet, other, greet, other, greet each other in a non-usual way that's, that's actually requires cultural change because the immediate thing is we put out our hand with a warm handshake. Well, we should not do that now, let alone embrace each other. So that's talking about, um, you just raised an interesting point there because you, you, that's clear, but you mentioned there's going to be family coming home from the city or there's going to be kids coming home or there's going to be that interaction uh, going to the supermarket or, or whatever. What are the other basic precautions that people in, in general, I guess, but we're talking about rural Australia, but in general, what other precautions should they be taking? Well, you would know that from tonight, schools are going to close and going out for gatherings more than a few people, going to the pub, going to churches, going to our usual social interactions is going to be limited. So we need to take that seriously and not do that. And, a, and, a, and take note of the recommendations that are being brought in, some would say a little bit late in Australia. Singapore, other countries that have tackled this problem really well have been far more draconian, far more restrictive in those sort of social interactions. But the other thing that we are not that good at as a community and certainly in the regions is hand washing. Just and explain why, it, why is hand washing, how can that be so effective against a germ like this? Well, the, the germ is, can be contracted by 
people coughing over us because it, it exists in, it's a respiratory virus that's involved with our lungs and our breathing. And so if we cough, we can actually spread those droplets onto our clothes. You might touch it with your hands, wipe your face, and or it may be on a surface that somebody's coughed into and it persists more on metal surfaces and plastic surfaces than other sorts of surfaces. So that if your hands are contaminated through touch of doors, surfaces, and you, tra you then touch your face, wipe your nose, brush your hair, then you can be infected. And if you just sit by, beside one of your friends and watch how many times they touch their face, etc., it's just amazing. We're so used to doing it. And, of course, in the country, well, the flies may be not as great <laughs> as they were in the heart of summer, but we've all the time got, a, got our hands to our face, our nose, yeah. etc. So the importance of hand washing is critical, again, because viruses don't like soap and water. And soap and water is as good as any of the hand sanitizers. So, of course, there's been a run on hand sanitizers within in the supermarkets, chemists, etc. Soap, warm soap and water are sufficient for 20 to 30 seconds. But it's important to do it frequently and to dry your hands with preferably a paper towel so that, again, the, the can be disposed. But also to keep surfaces clean. Now, I mean, again, on how you do that in the paddock, etc., on the on the tractor, that's difficult. Of course, it's a, it is a bigger challenge, is touching on that, because um, a lot of the times, I mean, if somebody's, you know, loading sheep in, mm. a, in the yards, there's not always a, a, a wash-up facility there. So perhaps the hand sanitizers are something that we should consider carrying yes. in the utes or, mm. and, and, and just using them for that purpose, because yes. the more regularly we can do this, the, the greater opportunity we have to reduce the risk that we're going to transfer. Because that's what it is. It's about risk, David, isn't it? Yes, yes, indeed it is, Rob. And I think the other issue is to, to not assume that this is going to be the last... I don't want to scare people, but in the last few 10, 15 years, we've had a number of these pandemics, and they've all been controlled with those two features, isolation mm. and hygiene. Mm. And... I, th I don't think there's any doubt that, that in our, even in your and my lifetime, let alone our children's lifetime, these events will happen again. They've always happened, but because the, the world has been less interconnected, the consequences have been less severe. As we become more and more connected or maintain this level of connectedness, that's what's producing these enormous spikes. And the other issue that we could reiterate is, of course, that you can be infected and not be that unwell and, well, not even have symptoms. So it's thought that four or five, from the point of inoculation or infection to the point of symptoms can be four or five days. And we've not been particularly good in this country and in Europe at testing rigorously asymptomatic people and that's why we're seeing these incredible incredible sharp rises that yeah. seem to come out of nowhere they don't come out of nowhere it's just that we've not had attention to detail in terms of testing and that's where Singapore was different they tested much more readily they isolated people who were who were positive not just uh, quarantined them at home for two weeks 
they're all put into hospital and we see the difference there. So we're, we're both at a little bit the end of our careers, David. Is that a polite way of putting it? We're at the upper end. But in agriculture, there is, you know, it is an older demographic just in, in regional Australia in agriculture. And, and the other thing is that we know from some of the work you and I have done together mm. on health is that we don't have the, the terrific or the same level of health services as perhaps the cities do. How's that going to play out if, if, we, if it does run away in Australia? What about the older people, the less fit, the less healthy, and, uh, and, and their you know, risk that they're facing? Well, there's no question, Rob, they are at risk. We, in the, the over 65s, are at risk. And as we've discussed before, overall, people in rural and regional Australia have less are less healthy. We might think we're in the open air and live healthy lives, etc. But the the data out there is that we're not as healthy, and we have higher death rates from everything, from heart attacks through to cancer, and that's something governments are seeking and the profession mm. is seeking to work on. But at a practical level, one hopes that. We hinted at this before, that the peak would not be as great because there's not as much... Inter there's not the density of social interaction. And if we take heed of what we're being told and socially learn to socially distance and learn to be more hygienic, the chances of us, of us in the regions getting these infections will be lessened. And the medical system will not be overwhelmed. I mean, the, the, that high peak of early initial infections, the danger of that is that it, it overwhelms the medical mm. service such that we then have to start uh, rationalising health yeah. services. Now, there was a point you put out a post as uh, the chair for the Committee of Ballarat the other day which raised an issue that I hadn't thought of. And it's, I think it especially applies to regional and rural Australia. So everybody in the small towns would know who are the people working in the hospitals, whether they're nurses, ambulance people, uh, you know, the people who work in theatre, the doctors or whatever. Um, but if, if we do get increased infections in these places, these people are going to be working incredible hours and long and, and are going to be so important. And the point you were raising here is we're going to have to look after them and their families as well. Yes, we did, Rob, and it was... Yeah, look, the point we can start with is, if you're concerned, ring the 1800 number, because that's where you get the most up-to-date information. But if you are concerned and need to sp want to see a doctor, don't just turn up to the doctors, don't just turn up to the emergency department, ring ahead. Because those people are trained to, to triage your concerns and either send you to a place where the healthcare workers can receive you best. Why is that? They will have protective uh, clothing so that they're not put at risk. And that's not just the doctors and nurses. It comes to the receptionists and it comes to the cleaners and it comes to those who keep the oxygen running at the hospital, keep the toilets going, keep the mm. air conditioning going, etc. The caterers. The, whole, the caterers. Mm. 
and the administrators mm. who, who bear the brunt of a number of the decisions. Mm. So we talked there on that podcast about not so much phoning ahead, but to say, well, okay, if we know colleagues that, and friends that are involved in the, the profession, just ask them, how are you going? And is there some way I can help mm. you? Like drop the kids off from school. Mm. Well, I won't mm. be at school mm. now, but it may, can I look after your kids mm. well, so you can go to work? Make, make it, gather some eggs, David. We're big on eggs. Exactly. Make yes. a quiche yes. and take that around. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes there's the zucchinis and the carrots and the, bata- and the tomatoes, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there are those, uh, those ways in which we can have and look. In truth, Rob, I think it's, that's a very good thing to do because it can be, this whole process can be so overwhelming. You think, what in the hell can we do? And you feel helpless. Helping each other means that we understand we're in this together and we're helping others, like our medical colleagues, keeping them fresh, keeping them engaged, keeping them with a sense of care that they're cared for, so they will work better. You feel good because you cared for the carer, and that may be the person who looks after you if you get cruel. That's right. <laughs> so you want them in good shape. What about um, now? Every year for a long time now, I've had my winter flu vaccine. What's what's is, what's the status with that now? What should we be, how should we be thinking about a flu vaccine? I think that's really important. It's actually being released earlier so that people are well and truly vaccinated because, again, the symptoms of the flu can be very similar to COVID and that can cause a a confusion in diagnosis and a confusion for presentation. So if we get into the vaccine, the flu vaccine early, then you're more likely to be protected. Now, the flu vaccine is not going to protect you against COVID, but it will protect you against the routine flu. And the other one for the other 65s, that my wife has just reminded me, she's a very good GP, is the Pneumovax against uh, pneumococcal uh, pneumonia, and that's available free for over 65s. So again, it's it's the ability to stay well and not get unwell from other yeah. illnesses that may, may put you at more risk if you're unlucky to get COVID as well. So to, to sort of sum it up a bit, David, the message I'm hearing is that We'll all be affected whether we live overseas or in Australia, in regional Australia or in the cities. We're all in this together. Correct. Um, therefore, we all have a role to play. Yes. And if we can minimise and restrict the impact, um, we need we need to immediately follow the published guidelines, and we need to be better at it than we've ever been before. Washing of hands, self isolation. Uh, it's all designed to just slow down and delay this COVID virus, and that will assist in the short term um, in terms of minimisation of impact and in the longer term, in the time frame, that we'll, we'll buy some time to try and get the vaccines and get it under control. How would you sum up your message to the people that you've been working with all your life, David, you know, in, um, in the regional areas of, uh, of Australia? Well, above, above, above uh, all else, Look out, look out and look after each other. Don't panic and say, well, what can I do to support my colleagues, mm. my friends? To Maybe simply just a joking reminder, you start to put your hand out and then pull it back yeah. out and we're not supposed yeah. to do that. Yeah. And all like I've washed my yeah. hands. Yeah. So it does come back to the, the social distancing. It comes back to hand hygiene. It comes back to not panicking 
sharing resources if we've got them, not not uh, unduly hoarding. But Does that mean generous. you're offering me some of those zucchinis up there tonight, Dave? Yes, so. I am indeed. Because <laughs> you'll bring, you'll bring, I'll give bring me something. some wheat to bring help, some. help my chickens lay abundantly. Well, look, I think we've probably got some people listening here today who would be very happy to supply us with some wheat, David. So Good. I hope you've got a big bin out the back there. <laughs> but, but continue. Yes. So, and, and I think, again, is be considerate of the, of the profession. If you're concerned, do ring ahead and, and don't just turn up expecting to get the test or expecting to be seen because that does put everybody from the, from the ward clerk or the receptionist to the doctor at risk. Mm. And look, they'll be, they'll be probably inundated with a lot of calls, but over time they will get through to you and they are really up to speed on all of these sort of Mm. We, kn- yes. we know the hospitals have, have really stepped up their preparation, haven't they, David? Look, I think that's an important point, and I can only speak for Ballarat, but there's been very good cooperation mm. being, between the public and the private sectors so that the private hospital is helping with the urgent elective surgery in, from the public hospital, uh, like the cancer surgery, that sort of thing, the urgent orthopaedics, and that relieves the base hospital from so from those sorts of cases, so they can then be upskilled and prepared and alert and fresh for any COVID nineteen cases, whether they be average cases or what we expect to be those requiring the intensive care, the ventilation, etc. And they've been able to obtain the sort of personal protective gear that the that the medical profession there need. Look, David, I'm really pleased that we've had you on Mercado, uh, our commodity conversations, although you may not, we've mentioned wheat at one stage. But it's also, it's from a personal perspective, David, it's a chance for a whole lot of our people who listen to our podcast to, uh, to hear from you. Um, I've, you and I have been chatting about things for a long time now in this area and now Indeed. a lot of people know our secrets and, uh, <laughs> and I think that's great. Um, but uh, to, to our listeners, um, so firstly, thank you, today. thank you, David. My absolute and, pleasure, Rob. And to our listeners, thank you for supporting our podcast and for listening. Stay safe, look after each other while we go through this crisis. In terms of a bit of PR, we encourage you to give us a like on your podcast provider and to share the Mercado Commodity Conversation podcast with your family, friends and work colleagues. Thanks for listening and bye for now.